This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The idea behind the show is simply asking guests what they would tell a stranger on a plane if they were sitting next to them and the stranger asked them for advice. The scenery is passing very fast, but the seer is constant. The one who's seeing is the same. Let me appreciate you for asking a question that I haven't been asked after 2,500 or so uh, interviews over the years. Uh, you have to drop the EGO, which is everyone's greatest obstacle. 2008, Grant and I had been married for four years. I was pregnant with my first child. Um, we were, the economy was collapsing, and we were on the verge of losing everything financially. So it's so exciting to be here talking to you about uh, V Friends. I mean, I'm fascinated by this because only recently started hearing about the different characters and their names. And I have to say, first of all, I'm fascinated by trying to keep track of the different characters' names and who they are, because you're introducing a whole bunch at one time. So maybe we'll start there, and I'd love to get your take on what's the challenge around trying to introduce multiple characters, because we see a lot of shows where they start with one, build it up and stuff, but almost like the Smurfs, if I go back in history, you're introducing a whole bunch of characters to people all at the same time. What do you find the challenges around that are, or are there challenges? Of course there's challenges, you know. Our ambition and goal with V Friends and the V Friends characters is to make people fall in love with them and, and fall in love with the brand. And to be able to do that, you really need to be able to focus on the storytelling and character development of a, a character. And to do that for one character takes a lot of time, yet alone for 283 characters. The V Friends IP was first created as NFTs on the Ethereum blockchain. And, you know, it was sort of the foundational element of how Gary wanted to create the universe of V-Friends. He compares it to like the Marvel universe. You know, I think there's going to be V-Friends characters that may not be fully developed until Gary is dead and gone and he's comfortable with that. But I think he just wanted to set the foundation of what traits and qualities he wanted to see in the animals and the different characters that he created and lay out the foundational framework of how he sees that character's voice or that identity or uh, sort of the style and, and tonality of how he wants to see that character come to life. So that brings me to something also I found fascinating is the names of the characters really in a lot of ways relate to their character trait. And that's something when I think about the different characters over the years, I don't think I've seen that before. Obviously, that's intentional. But is the idea to also 
educate people around those traits that those characters have? Is that the kind of concept behind that? A hundred percent. You know, kind kudu is a kind kudu. When that character uh, is going to appear in animated content or a children's book, uh, it's going to be talking about kindness and the ways in which kind kudu leverages that trait for good and for strength. Um, and for every other character, entrepreneur elf is an entrepreneur. It, you know, it probably is a salesman. The fun thing about V Friends characters too, and something that I've learned a lot uh, from Gary after working with him for so long, all these tra traits and qualities play off of one another. You know, to to be kind, I think you also need a little bit of compassion, and to be compassion, you need to have a little bit of empathy, and they all blend together to create V Friends. And so does that mean they're also, like, one character is also teaching, the like, for example, Courageous is teaching kindness or together they're teaching somebody? Is that kind of the idea, too? A hundred percent. Like, uh, you know, a capable caterpillar probably needs to become friends with self-aware hair first to be able to understand more about who they are to then foster their strengths and become the capable caterpillar that they can be. And so uh, one of the things that I heard Gary say at his press conference was that he had looked into buying the rights to Gumby. Uh, so do you know anything about that? And, and I'm curious, if is there a reason why that fell apart? Uh, you know, I actually think I have, I have heard him say that. He, I would say, never saw V Friends coming, really. He always wanted to create the Death Star of marketing and communications that is VaynerX. I would say he's well on his way to creating that Death Star. He wanted to create the Death Star so that he could buy IP, put it through his marketing machine, and then flip it back out for 510X of what it's worth to maybe potentially achieve his lifelong dream of buying the New York Jets. When he saw what was happening with Web3 and NFTs and this creator universe where you could own the IP on the blockchain, I had never seen him so singularly focused on anything. And he, and he said, you know what, I'm going to create my own IP and uh, did so in a really authentic and genuine way to him. And he created all these characters and it's been quite the journey. And he's, and he's still really interested in other nostalgic IP, you know, whether it's Gumby or the Smurfs. I've had conversations over the last two years when there has been like a, an IP that is nascent that still has a legacy to it. And he always wants to take the meeting always because it, it's it's interesting you know like it, they, there's still a lot of brand recognition someone asked me two days ago about vice vice i think is now bankrupt right they're out of business and someone asked me like is gary gonna buy vice <laughs> like i think the answer to that is no but it just speaks to it because it that people still know that name and there's still value in vice even though they may not be in business mm, wow. so i guess then i'm also curious about um when you talk about like, you know, he knows that some of the characters may be created even after he's gone. So with this one, like with V Friends is, I mean, it's probably both. I know the answer is probably both. But is does it look, does he look at more of an investment that he's going to get a return on? Or is it more of a legacy project that impacts a lot of lives? Yeah, both. I, I think the, the latter, the, the, if we create something that impacts lives and has a legacy, everything else will flow from that. You know, creating content that's emotionally connecting to other people is how you build a brand. And once you build a brand, everything else can fall from there. You know, it's something that he always reminds me and reminds the V Friends team is brand is first, second, third, and fourth, and fifth. You know, and we will do anything to go out of our way to protect our brand. And by that, I mean serve our audience and our customers first and actually provide value. You know, his cliche thing is jab, 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 right hook. And the jab stands for value and give. 
you have to give and give and give. You have to put on an amazing conference. You have to create amazing stories. You have to give value. You have to give education. And then potentially, maybe you might be able to have a sale on the back end. So, I mean, first of all, I have to, I have to say, when that book came out, the metaphor changed everything for me. You know, and I literally started, and I know a lot of people that did, literally started going, okay, I got to try to give and give. Like, and even if at first it's mechanical, like three times, it's still now they're realizing I need to give more than I receive. But I can tell you, I can look at a lot of my career that that was responsible for, just that change in nuance. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of comment on that. It's people can mistake it often. You know, they too often people think, the ask is always the first thing. And I, I love thinking about it from a content perspective too. I've, I've watched a lot of creators and, and businesses try to enter the social media channels and, and really take Gary's words of creating content. And oftentimes I feel like their content is selfish to them versus being selfless for value to the audience. There's so many different ways to be informative and create value, whether it's through humor or education or just general curiosities. And I think any brand can think about other ways to storytell and create value, which will then in return bring value back to them. So one of the things uh, at, at the conference here, I was talking to John Taffer and he was talking about the importance of reactions, like everything that we do. If we want it to be successful, we should be trying to get some sort of reaction. How important is that with these characters whenever you're, you're even giving them names that tell you kind of what the emotion should be? But the story, do you think it is important when it comes to social media and stories to try to elicit some sort of reaction from the audience? A hundred percent. You know, if you're eliciting reactions, I think you're strengthening the relationship that the audience might have with that character. And it's really fun to have our own strategy and ideas on what you know, empty elephant looks and feels or sounds like, or lit lamb, which I'm looking at right now. Um, and to put it out and then to react and see how the audience reacted to it. You know, did they like it? Did they not like it? What were the comments? What was the sentiment? How many shares did it get? And that's, it's just a fulfilling prophecy of putting it out, getting results back, and then optimizing uh, in real time how we're storytelling around every character. So do you have, uh, when it comes to the characters, do you have, I'll call it either a favorite or a character that you feel defines you? Like in other words, this is one of the characters that's me. I'm, I'm curious if you have one, again, a favorite or one that defines you. And I'm also curious if you know if Gary does as well. What Gary says is, and I, I've, I've grown to almost say this too, he says it's like they're, they're almost all like his children and he loves them all. Um, I would say two of my favorite, one, my the one that I have the biggest personal connection with is Forever Phoenix. Forever Phoenix was the VFriend NFT that Gary gifted me after we successfully launched VFriends and VFriends sold out. He held back some for his own ownership and that was the first one he gave me, which means a lot to me. Gary talks a lot about uh, having like a dark fantasy that all his businesses go to zero and everything fails. And then he rises back up like a phoenix just to remind everyone how capable of an operator he is. And, you know, he was looking, he had every character that he could have given me and he gave me the Forever Phoenix and it just uh, added fuel to my fire to think about uh, having a forever mindset and that there's going to be obstacles and hurdles, but you can always overcome. And then I love optimistic otter i think it's an underrated v friend i think optimism is the foundation for success uh for so many individuals you know and gary has an extreme amount of optimism i'll go into a meeting with him and i'll tell him 15 things that are going wrong vcon this v friends this uh licensing partner that and he'll just proceed to say everything's great <laughs> 
you know, and I, I think it's because he's reading the room and he knows what he needs to tell me, and he's just trying to instill that optimism and outlook and confidence in me so that when I'm having the meeting with the rest of my leadership team, uh, we know what to do. So the other thing is we talked about um, long-term legacy, that type of thing. Um, are you able to share with us, like, I mean, is, are, I'm sure you guys are looking at what's the different strategy we can take, which one do we launch this way, do we put a book out, what have you. Uh, is there any specific strategy for other creators to learn from that you could share that you guys have planned, uh, whether it's the launch uh, to do a bunch of stuff at once or whether it's to maybe take one character in a certain direction? Um, I think it's, it's a combination of having a plan of what, what you think is best like and really executing on that pick two characters we're going to really focus on tiktok and go as hard as possible and then also adjusting in real time to the business opportunities at hand you know i think too many people specifically in web3 have had roadmaps and the roadmap hasn't planned out for whatever reason and they've struggled to pivot and i think it's way more about intent and, str and strategy and real-time thinking than it is uh this is what the next five years looks like um i'm really excited and this is what we're doing with vfriends you know someone knocked on the door and we're going to have a children's book and it wasn't necessarily like we we're like hey we're going to have a children's book at this point in time after we do xyz which i think what a lot of more traditional companies and brands would do you know it's sequential first we got to make this and then we do this and so on and so forth but for us gary just always wants to navigate in real time against the opportunities at hand it's different but it's worked for him <laughs> so far you know, that's amazing well and i want to ask your thoughts on something that's kind of related I mean, it's related to what you do with uh, vFriends and what you guys are doing with the entire company. Um, but you said a key thing. And I'm, I'm wondering, like when we look at what happens with certain social media, like for example, you know, TikTok obviously is one of the biggest right now, but then we're also seeing places that are basically banning TikTok and things like that. So how does that impact strategy? For example, do you guys look at, this is the strategy that we use for all of social media, but we tweak it for the platform? Or do you kind of go, this is where we're at now, but if something changes, we'll have to switch? Because I'm, I'm thinking like that could be a challenge. You go all in on one, and then all of a sudden it starts disappearing. It's also an opportunity. I, I love thinking about it as religion and tactics. You know, there is a religion of storytelling natively on every platform. And the tactics to do so is different for every platform. But if you're approaching it with the right religion, you're going to learn different tactics on those platforms that, and apply to the next platform. How I learn how to post on TikTok with a thumbnail and caption is going to carry over to the next platform. You're going to have to think about how to create emotionally connecting content that people can resonate with. You know, the UX, UI, the interface, all that stuff is always going to change. But the religion of trying to talk natively of in that room based on the context of the audience will be forever. I love it. So my very last question, uh, put you on the spot and ask you, is there anything, I mean, you, you know, you're doing interviews over the next couple of days. I'm sure you're doing interviews all the time about vFriends. Is there something you can think of about vFriends or the brand or whichever direction you want to take it that you haven't shared with anybody? Can I put you on the spot with that? Um, something about vFriends or the brand that I haven't shared with anybody. Or at least haven't shared regularly. No, I'm, I'm trying, there's, there's definitely something. Um, I, we've talked about it, but I'm, I'm so proud and so excited of what we're building at VCon. We are going to continue to build more and more events, whether it's virtual or, or in person. And I think the ways in which we can create events that ulster 
also bolster the characters of vFriends is really going to be fun and fascinating. For instance, we can create an event uh, where it's a fashion show and it's all about fashion. We have fashion influencers, fashion bloggers, people that have built fashion brands, and the only people that can come to that event will be people that have the Dapper Dash and Hound. You know, and I think that notoriety of the Dapper Dash and Hound can really play off that event. You know, and maybe we have a, a little short film or an animated short of Dapper, Hash, da- Dapper Dash and Hound talking about how he became so dapper, how he thinks about fashion. Um, so I'm just really excited to think about how events and other forms of medium, but definitely events can continue to build vFriends IP, which I don't think people necessarily always think about. Amazing. So thank you so much. I so appreciate it. An absolute pleasure. Till next time. Thank you so much for being here. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.